Christians are to be so filled with thanksgiving that we give thanks all the time for all things. Is that realistic? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah continues his series of special Thanksgiving-themed messages with a look at what God's Word says about showing gratitude around the clock. To cultivate a lifestyle of thankfulness, listen as David introduces his message, Living Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm thanking you because you are a blessing to me. Your support of this ministry has made it possible for this to be the most unbelievable, unbelievable year we have ever had as a ministry. And we're so grateful. We know you've stood by us and helped us, especially during COVID. Uh, We're very faithful in giving. So thank you. I'm grateful. And thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege of being there for people during this challenging time. You know, I wanted to tell you yesterday, and I forgot to do it, so I'm going to make sure I do it right up front today. Um, This weekend, we have a very special opportunity. It's our annual um, Thanksgiving weekend Bible sale. And we now have three different versions of the Jeremiah Study Bible that have been produced. There's the New King James Version, the NIV, or the New International Version, and the English Standard Version. All of these versions with the same notes, but coordinated in different ways because of the way the Scriptures are laid out. You can get any one of these Bibles uh, sent to you and guaranteed to have it in time for Christmas, and it's a wonderful time for you to do this. So stay tuned. Go to our website. It's laid out there. gives you all the details of the kind of opportunities we're making available as we do every year over this particular weekend. It brings back a memory to me that when this Bible came out in 2013, I had made an agreement ahead of time that I would sign all of the first sales. I ended up signing 18,600 Bibles. I've been very careful not to make such promises since then, but we do have these Bibles, and we would love to put a copy of the Word of God with the study notes in your hands. Well, let's let's take part one of Living Thanksgiving as we move through this wonderful week of gratitude. Historian Daniel Burston has written an insightful paragraph about how the expectations of many Americans have gone wild. We expect anything and everything. We expect the contradictory and the impossible. We expect compact cars which are spacious. Luxurious cars which are economical. We expect to be rich and charitable, powerful and merciful, active and reflective, kind and competitive. We expect to eat and stay thin, to be constantly on the move and ever more neighborly, to go to a church of our choice and yet feel its guiding power over us, to revere God and to be God. Never have people, he wrote, been more the masters of their environment, and yet never has a people felt more deceived and disappointed. For never has a people expected so much that their world could not offer. I was talking about this with my son David Michael, and he told me there is a website called First World Problems. We always know what the third world is. Well, we're the first world. If you go to that website, it lists the kind of problems we have, and it's a spoof on what problems really are, like 
your internet doesn't reach the back bedroom and things such like that that we complain over and have a very difficult time with. Well, let me just tell you something. If you're looking for complete satisfaction and absolute gratitude in your heart for a world that is perfect, you will never, ever experience it in this world. Because you know we were not created by God to be fulfilled in this world. We were created to enjoy the things he gives us, to richly enjoy them as we shall see. But God never created us to walk on this earth and be fully, fully fulfilled. Only when we get to be with the Lord in heaven will that final piece click in and we will say, ah, that's what was missing. The Bible says that the whole world is actually groaning, waiting for our redemption. What does that mean? Well, I don't know all that it means, but I know that it means even for those of us who are Christians, Though we have been blessed with salvation and a certain hope for heaven, on this earth we will never fully be complete. We will never fully know what enjoyment was meant to be for us. We will not know that till we get to heaven. In the meantime, we learn how to be grateful for all that God does for us during our journey from here to there. And you know what? I think sometimes the very consistency of God's blessings has a tendency to dull our gratitude. The wonderful thing about the mercies of God are that the Bible says they are fresh and they are new every morning, every morning. And so we as believers have to teach ourselves to be responsive and have to understand how when we give ourselves over to the Holy Spirit, he will help us develop a spirit of gratitude in our hearts. If you read all of the passages in the Bible about Thanksgiving, what you will discover are two main things. One is you're to give thanks to the Lord at all times, and two, you're to give thanks to the Lord for all things, at all times, for all things. And we learn most of this Thanksgiving information from one man who is the father of the Thanksgiving message. His name is Paul. No one ever expressed gratitude in his writings more than the apostle. More than three quarters of the New Testament references to thanksgiving come right out of Paul's books. He mentions the subject of thanksgiving in his writings more frequently per page than any other Greek author, whether pagan or Christian. In other words, Paul is the thanksgiving junkie. He is so thankful because he understands that thankfulness is not one of the virtues that God gives us, but it is a characteristic of a follower of Christ who is walking in the Spirit. I told you that being thankful was one of the first results of being filled with the Spirit of God. Before we get into our little list today, I want to go back and revisit that for just a moment because that is not just a truth to be thought of for a moment and then dismissed. In the book of Ephesians, in the fifth chapter, we read these words, And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God. Remember I told you there were two things we have to learn? That we're to be thankful always and for all things. It comes right from that phrase. Giving thanks always to God for all things. 
Nancy Lee DeMoss, who is a wonderful speaker and I think an even better writer, has written a whole book on gratitude. And I found it years ago, and I remembered this passage that she wrote concerning thanksgiving and being filled with the Spirit. She said, being thankful is a prime evidence of being filled with the Spirit of God. We would not for a moment believe that a man who abuses his wife is a Spirit-filled Christian. Nor would we believe a woman who claims to be filled with the Spirit is so while embezzling funds from her boss. No more then can we believe that a person who habitually gripes and murmurs and worries about his pressures and problems rather than giving thanks always for everything is filled with the Spirit. The fact is, she said, we cannot whine and complain and be filled with the Spirit at the same time. A person who walks in fellowship with God will have a spirit of gratitude that becomes part of who he is. And you will learn as you study the Word of God that it is possible to be thankful at all times for all things. Let me show you some of the scriptures. Let's begin by thinking about being thankful at all times. And actually the scripture has a number of time references to help us with this. First of all, the Bible teaches us that we can be thankful every morning and every night. Psalm 92 says it this way, it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Now watch, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. Every morning you get up and you thank God that he's a loving, kind, merciful God. And when you pillow your head at night, you thank him for his faithfulness through the day. Every morning and every night. Make Thanksgiving bookends for your day. No matter what happens in the middle of the day, if you begin it with Thanksgiving and end it with Thanksgiving, you will build some momentum in your walk with the Lord that will be incredible. When the last thought on your mind before you go to sleep at night are not all the problems you're having at work and all the issues you're having with your kids and all the financial challenges you don't know what to do with, but your last thought is all the things you are thankful for to Almighty God and for who He is when that is your thought before you go to bed. First of all, you have a much better chance of getting a good night's sleep. And secondly, your attitude when you awake the next morning will be so much healthier. May I suggest to you a couple of things about that? Be careful what you watch on television before you go to bed. I mean, I used to not even have this included in the list, but especially the news. <laughs> the news can really terrorize you. So just remember to replay in your mind the blessings. And I think about that in my situation. I have four children, four wonderful spouses for my four children, 12 grandchildren. They all live around me. We had so many people, we had to put a tent up out back and have dinner in a tent. Listen, if I had nothing more than what I just shared with you and my faith in Jesus Christ, I have enough to keep me thankful for the rest of my days. And so I want to encourage you, every morning and every night, give thanks. Here's the second one. The Bible says you can be thankful at midnight. You say, you have to be kidding me. No, I'm not kidding you. And the Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 62, at midnight, I will give thanks to you. What part of that don't we understand? At midnight, I will give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. 
Now let's explore that a little bit. Sometimes when you wake up in the middle of the night, you don't know why. Maybe it's something you ate before you went to bed or you just were awakened. I used to be frustrated when that happened. Now I realize that sometimes I think God wakes me up. So I try to use that. If I wake up in the middle of the night, I try to remember something to be thankful for, something to talk to the Lord about. You can praise the Lord at midnight. I know some of you haven't seen midnight in so long, you don't know what that means, but if you ever do see midnight again when you go to bed, you should wake up and remember the things that God has done for you. Do you remember that Paul and Silas had a pretty nice Thanksgiving prayer service at midnight when they were in prison? It actually says in Acts 16.25, but at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. You can pray, you can sing hymns to God in the middle of the night. I would just caution you that if your spouse is still sleeping, go somewhere else to sing praise to God, but you can pray silently no matter what. Amen? Thankful every morning, thankful every night, thankful at midnight. Here's the next one. Thankful before eating. Every time you eat, give thanks to God, and that will quadruple some of your Thanksgiving patterns. Every time you eat, give thanks to God. A lot of people say, well, why do we give thanks to God when we eat? People ask me, why do Christians pray in a restaurant before they eat? Isn't that showing off? Well, I always tell them the reason we do that is because we're not pagans. Only pagans eat without saying thank you. Well, where did it come from? How did we start doing this? Why do we pray before we eat? Well, I actually can tell you that in the Bible, there are a couple of verses that help us with that. The first one is found in Romans chapter 14 and verse 6. Listen to these words. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. The Bible says when we eat, we're to eat as unto the Lord. He's provided for us. And we're to give him thanks. So when you get ready to eat, thank him. Here's another passage in 1 Timothy 4, 4, and 5. And this is speaking of what kind of food you should eat. There was this discussion among the Jews as to what creatures they could eat. And Timothy is told by Paul, For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. In other words, whatever you eat, make sure you thank God every time you have a meal. Thank God. And don't you love it when you walk into a restaurant and you sit down and out of the corner of your eye you see a group back in the corner and all of a sudden they join hands around the table and they all bow their heads and you know they're praying? You just want to get up and go over and hug them all, you know? Sometimes before I leave the restaurant I'll go and just say, hey, I saw you all praying here tonight. I just want you to know what a blessing it was to me. Keep doing it. We should do that, shouldn't we? Because when we pray for what God gives us, and it happens to be publicly, and we're not doing it for show, we do it as unto the Lord, and it brings honor to his name. And we say to everybody when we do that, that we believe James chapter 1, verse 17, that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Everything that God gives us becomes fodder for our thanksgiving. So where are we? We're building the case. Every morning, every night, even at midnight, and every time you eat, 
give thanks. And the scripture goes on to teach us that every time we pray, we should give thanks. We spent a little time on this in the passage from the book of Philippians, but let me take you to Colossians where there is an incredibly clear passage that teaches us what we should learn about this. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2, listen to what it says. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. At least twice in the New Testament we're told that all of our prayers are to be seasoned with thanksgiving. And the key word here is the word with. Whenever we pray, however we pray, for whatever we pray, let's make sure we always pray with thanksgiving in our hearts and express it to the Lord. I don't know about you, but sometimes if I'm in a really busy time, a lot of stuff's going on and some of it starts to go south and you wonder what's going on, all of a sudden you rush into the presence of the Lord and you start giving him your grocery list of all the stuff you need him to do for you. I get it. I've done it. But I'm learning as I study the Word of God that even in our times of stress like that, when we're under pressure, when a lot of things need to happen, we should never rush into the presence of the Lord without, first of all, thanking Him for what He's... The Bible says, enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. When that scripture comes home to our hearts, we see that as if God is in heaven, seated on His throne, We're approaching him for something that we need, but between us and him is a gate that closes the door for our fellowship, and we discover that that gate is called thanksgiving. And when we open that gate with thanksgiving, we stand before the throne of God with our prayers, and he's ready to hear us. Isn't that just a truth that we know from our own family? When your children come and they ask for something and they haven't said thank you for what you just gave them, it doesn't feel all that great. We chalk it up to them being children, but we do that so often with God. We come into God's presence and we give him our list of all the things we want him to do for us, like he's some bellhop in the sky and sometimes even our national ATM machine. That's what we want him to be. But God is teaching us in his word that when we mix thanksgiving into the potion of our prayers, it sweetens it up and makes it acceptable to the Holy God. And thanksgiving is so much a part of who we are as followers of Christ. Let me give you this thought. We are going to express thanksgiving while we're in heaven. I've become quite interested of the things that are going to be in heaven and are not. And I've come to the conclusion that when I get to heaven, I am going to be without a job. Because the Bible says when you get to heaven, you're going to know everything, even as you're known. They won't need any teachers. They won't need any preachers. I'm going to have to find another line of work. And even if I could preach, I mean, (laughs) I'm not going to jump in front of Isaiah and Jeremiah and all those guys who are pretty good preachers, so I'm going to have to wait. But in heaven, there's going to be a lot of worship. And I found one of the hymns that's going to be sung in heaven. And the scripture records this hymn as being sung by the 24 elders. If you know the book of Revelation, the 24 elders stand for the church in heaven. So this is the church in heaven. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty the one who is and who was and who is to come because you have taken your great power and you have reigned.
What we do on this earth as followers of Christ will be perpetuated in heaven when we spend eternity in gratitude to God. Now, when I was in seminary, if we had a big test coming up and we had a lot of stuff to memorize, we would come up with ways to memorize it by getting everything to start with the same letters in a word. And I don't know what you ever call that, but in seminary they call that a budak. So everybody was trying to find budaks for the class. So I'm going to give you a little budak for your Thanksgiving. Here it is. It comes from the 119th Psalm. Seven times a day, I praise you. The psalmist said, seven times a day, I will praise you. What does he mean? I don't know what his seven times were. You know, the Jews prayed three times a day. David here says, I'm praying seven times a day. I'm praising you seven times a day. But I kind of sat down and figured it out. Here's what I think it is. You ready for this? Here's your budak for praise. When you get up in the morning, praise and thank him. When you have breakfast, give him praise and give him thanks. When you have your morning coffee break, give him praise and give him thanks. When you have lunch, give him praise and give him thanks. When you break for the afternoon, give him praise and give him thanks. When you sit down for your meal at night, give him thanks and give him praise. And when you pillow your head for the evening, give him praise and give him thanks. All you got to do is remember, these are normal things to remember. When you get up, when you eat breakfast, when you have your morning break, when you eat lunch, when you have your afternoon break, when you eat dinner, when you go to bed at night, seven times a day. I will praise you. Now, let's just suppose that these aren't long prayers, but they are prayers that are filled with gratitude in our heart. You know, sometimes you can start out well in the day and you have a spirit of gratitude in the morning and between breakfast and your morning break, something goes wrong. So the morning break is a recalculation of your spirit. And you come back and say, Lord, I want to thank you. And your mind is saying, yeah, but what about that? Well, I want to thank you for who you are. And then you go back to work and maybe between the morning break and the afternoon break, you survive lunch, but something else happens. Every day there are seven places where we can get back on track with God and give praise and thanksgiving to him. And you think that's something that isn't natural and maybe it's not at first. How many of you know that thanksgiving is a choice and we must be proactive about it? Here's what I'm learning. The more we follow things like this in our lives, the more we check ourselves against a schedule, the more what we do becomes normally a part of every day. What a wonderful goal to be growing older and learning to be more and more thankful every every day of your life. Quite often it's the other way around. (laughs) And uh, I've prayed often, Lord, help me to be a gracious old man when I become an old man. And we laugh about that. Um, Tomorrow we'll finish up this discussion of living Thanksgiving. And then Thursday and Friday, we're going to talk about a joyful Thanksgiving. And of course, one of those days is actually Thanksgiving Day itself. Hey, let me remind you that we're going to Israel and we're going to be turning the calendar over here pretty quick and be in 2022. March 22nd in 2022, we're heading for Israel. The tour is 11 days in the Holy Land, March the 22nd through April the 1st. And um, we'll be going to the upper part of the land, to um, the Galilean area, Tiberias. We'll be seeing uh, Lower Jordan. We'll, we'll visit Jerusalem and we'll spend several days in the old city and in the city itself. We'll go to the Judean wilderness and the Dead Sea. 
I'm just hitting the highlights, and uh, we'll be in small groups of of buses, not more than 45 people. Each of the buses has its own tour guide from Israel and its own bus captains from our church. So you'll be safe, and you'll have fun, and you'll make many treasured friends. There's time for you to get aboard. I hope you will. Israel 2022 from Turning Point. And then don't forget, this month we're making available the Romans Written Word Journal, the opportunity for you to write the Book of Romans in your own handwriting in a very prepared book for that purpose. And it's yours for the asking when you send your gift to us during the month of November to help with radio, airtime, and production. Your gifts are very important. Be as generous as you can be. But for whatever gift you send, we'll send you this journal. And I know you'll be blessed in the process. See you tomorrow. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series of special Thanksgiving messages, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Romans, the Written Word Journal designed by David to help you know God's Word more deeply by writing the book of Romans in your own hand. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in English Standard, New International, and New King James versions, available in your choice of handsome cover options. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue our Thanksgiving-themed messages on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. If you enjoy listening to Turning Point with David Jeremiah, you'll be happy to hear that there is now a daily Turning Point television broadcast that you can watch each weekday. Tune in to Faith TV, Joy TV, or Miracle Channel Monday through Friday to watch the Turning Point daily television broadcast. Be sure to check your local listings for the channel and time in your area. Or visit davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV to download a program schedule or watch at your convenience. That website again is davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV. Are you looking for an effective tool for studying the scriptures? Dr. David Jeremiah has created an incredible new resource to help you do just that. The Bible tells us again and again to write down God's word. And it's a practice that has personally transformed my study of Scripture. That is why I have created the first, the Written Word Journal, so that you can join me in this powerful practice. I promise you, as you follow God's command to copy Scripture by hand, your study of God's Word will be stronger than ever. Here's more. This journal helps you create your own copy of Paul's letter to the Romans. On one side, you'll write selections from Romans word for word. On the other side, you'll record your thoughts, reflections, and prayers. When you donate any amount to support Turning Point, the written word journal is yours. If you give $60 or more, you'll receive the Romans 8 set, including this teaching series on CD or DVD and study guide. Order the book or the complete set at davidjeremiah.ca. We've all heard the saying, the exception proves the rule. When something surprising happens, like when we get a warning instead of a ticket for exceeding the speed limit, it's an exception. We usually get the ticket and pay the fine. Even God allowed exceptions occasionally, like when he spared King David's life after his involvement in adultery and murder. But here is God's rule. Do not be deceived. 
God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. God never invites us to consider ourselves exceptions to his rules. We should live our lives taking God's words seriously. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's law of reaping and sowing on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.